Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a great story of revenge against a neighbor who constantly complains to the city. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I unionized with my 26-year-old male dogs against my boyfriend, 30-year-old male. Background, my boyfriend E and I have been together for four years. Whenever I would come over when we were dating, his apartment was messy, but it was blamed on his roommates. I'm very cognizant that I'm particular in cleaning, so I thought it just wasn't clean enough to my standards. I moved in with him around three years ago and adopted two dogs together. I quickly realized we do not have the same view of what clean is. We have communicated about it, and he's made a lot of progress, but he consistently does one thing stuffs his colored striped socks into the couch. I've told him that I've had to chase the dogs around because they find them in the couch. He thought it was funny. Over the last few weeks, I've bought multiple cloth dog toys resembling his socks and have trained my dogs to play tug of war with them. They will now dive for them whenever he's laying on the couch and places them on the ground to pick up later. I also do not stop them from playing with the socks anymore. He came home yesterday and found his favorite pair of socks decimated all over the living room and was furious that I didn't stop them. I told him that they were the socks he stuffed in the couch yesterday and he should have put them in the hamper. He stormed off to his office and is not talking to me. Am I the jerk? I'm not gonna lie, I'm definitely not the cleanliest person ever. I've been known sometimes to kick my shoes off and leave them in the living room from time to time. But I will say OP's definitely not the jerk here, and the reason I say that is I've heard stories of dogs who really like socks, having gone to the extent of actually consuming them, and those socks can get wrapped up in their intestines pretty easily. You have to treat dogs kind of in a way you would a toddler, where you don't want to leave things around that they can just gobble up when you're not looking, and god forbid do some damage. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, try to move seats without permission? I think not. I work in a theater, and it's not uncommon for audience members to cheekily try and move into seats they see are empty. On quieter days, it's not a huge issue. However, our unspoken policy is, wait until the interval, because we have a late seating policy and those seats may have been sold to someone else, or at the very least, ask. On this day a while back, we were fairly full, not to the brim but enough, and I was supervising. My usher told me a woman moved a few rows forward and was argumentative when asked to move back, which she eventually did. Now, I don't have a problem with people moving along a few seats in the same row, because it's easy enough for them to shuffle back if they've happened to take up someone else's seat, but I draw the line at changing rows, especially when they've just been told no. Well, the lights go down and the woman immediately moves back to the seat she was told she couldn't have yet, without her husband, mind you, and I go up to her and explain our policy, and she flat out refuses to move. She says in a very entitled and dismissive tone, If someone comes, I will move. Right then, I was now feeling petty and righteous. During late seating, we wait for people for about 10 minutes, then let them in at the least disruptive time in the play. 
Alas, the seat the woman had taken hadn't been sold, but I had a plan, for I was on a mission. There was a couple set to be seated in the highest level, i.e. the cheap seats, that I offered an upgrade to, because I could see the woman had trouble walking. My usher escorted them in, and I was delighted to hear about the woman trying to tell my usher, a different one to the one she initially interacted with, that she will move when people come. My usher said point blank, people are coming, you have to move. The woman's husband leaned across, grabbed her, and guided her back, looking quite embarrassed I'm told. During the interval, I could see her surly, pouty face. Glorious. The irony is, had she asked nicely, I'd have been happy to help. Yeah, this is definitely one thing where you go to a theater and like you find out you pretty much have it all to yourself. Like most of the times my local theater is pretty darn quiet actually and I also choose really weird times like the first showing at 11am on Wednesday or something intentionally trying to have few people. When it's literally like yourself then yeah maybe you have a little bit of courage to move up or sit somewhere a little bit nicer but you're just a total jerk if you try to take seats when it's very clearly almost a packed theater. Our next story is oh the look on her face. Just after the last ice age, when I was in 7th grade, I had an English teacher who can only be described as a classic evil school marm, complete with stern, craggy face and too tight bun atop her head. She was just the most awful person I've ever had the displeasure to meet. The important part of this story is her daily ritual of taking a bottle of the old brown Listerine from her bottom drawer and taking a huge swig. The thing is, she never spit it out. Anyone who remembers the vile, hair-curling, tongue-melting taste of that stuff knows that this is just not possible. So, as curious teenage boys will do, I waited for an opportunity to investigate. I'm sure you may have guessed what I discovered. You are correct. Whiskey in the bottle. So I formulated my plan for petty revenge in the name of the whole class. At home, under the sink, I knew there was the same size bottle of actual Listerine. This came to class with me in my book bag. I enlisted the help of my good friend, the class clown, who easily got himself walked out into the hall for a stern talking to. Happened at least twice a week, so no worries for him. While she berates clown, I take my bottle of nasty and after some careful checking, I swap out her whiskey with the liquid heck and head back to my seat. I had no concern that my classmates would rat me out as Mrs. I hate all children was loved equally by all. She brings Clown back into the room, carefully guiding him by the ear, and after a moment of glaring at us, proceeds with the morning ritual. Clown had her pretty worked up, so she took an extra large swig. Then her face twisted and contorted. Her eyes grew so large I thought they might burst from her head. Oh, the glorious look of sheer panic on her face as she bolted from the room was epic. And the best part? She can't say a word about it. Not to anyone. There you have it. My one and only petty revenge and how I became the hero to 32 7th graders. Not only do you have a school where this teacher is horrendous to the kids and openly drinks whiskey out of a Listerine bottle in front of them, you have 32 kids in your class? It's just kind of on the higher end, don't you think? When you have to probably deal with darn near 200 rambunctious 12-year-old middle schoolers every single day, you'd almost want your own Listerine whiskey bottle. Our next story is, my housemaid breaks my stuff and eats my food, so I take my revenge covertly. I live with three housemates, two are lovely and we hang out and make dinner for each other regularly, 
One is a selfish man-child with a superhuman ketamine addiction who regularly comes home drunk and either breaks our stuff or accidentally eats our food. Usually stuff like crisps, pizza, or cheese. One time, he broke a mug that my partner at the time gave me and never brought it up or replaced it. Other times, I've had things disappear and I know it wasn't the others because they would tell me and replace it. He's just taken a packet of tortilla chips of mine that I'd been planning on using to make nachos to share with everyone. I'm furious because not only is it the first time he's done it, but he never shares food with anyone apart from the girls he brings over, and I'd actually planned to make a communal meal that he could have shared. I'm also broke as freak right now, so losing food hits me a lot harder. There's no real point bringing it up with him because he'll either deny it or, at best, he'll apologize and say he'll replace it and then forget. So in true British fashion, I'm forced to get petty. I've already started using his milk on occasions when I've run out and haven't been to the shops yet. I also invited every housemate except him to my wedding, which he was apparently quite upset by. Tomorrow, my other housemate said she'd buy some replacement ingredients for nachos. My plan is to make the most decadent nachos I can for the three of us so he can watch us eat them, and if he asks for any, I'll just say I only made enough for three. Update, the revenge nachos were created and they had the desired effect. I can't believe how much this post blew up. I guess a lot of us can relate to guys like my housemate. Basically, cool housemate number one came home from work with replacement chips, beans, and fancy steak mints and we made the most extra nachos we've ever made in our lives. Everything except the chips made from scratch, multiple cheeses and bacon bits on top, not to mention some very cathartic rage grinding of the spice mix. It looked and smelled amazing. Annoying housemate came in from work and started hanging around the kitchen, partly because he wanted to cook ketamine on the stove and partly to see what we were doing. He kept dropping hints and talking about how good it looked, but we didn't give in. There were some good suggestions for responses in the comments, but I knew cool housemate wanted me to keep the peace, so I let her say she was cooking it for her boyfriend and didn't have enough to share. Cool housemate number two, and he gave up and went upstairs looking disappointed that we didn't even let him have a taste. Me and my cool housemate share the nachos together while witching about him. Cool housemate number two is just as fed up as I am, and they tasted delicious. We cleaned up every last bit and he got nothing. I know it's not the most dramatic revenge story ever, but the way his face fell when he saw the food and realized he wasn't getting any was pretty sweet. Basically, I know he'll never change and won't respond to any criticism unless it's delivered with kid gloves by cool housemate number one, so I tend to deal with it by pointedly excluding him from things I know he'd like and making it look like an accident. I'm not just doing it as revenge either, I'm choosing to share my time and my food with people who return my energy. I directed my rage into cooking a delicious meal for people I care about and sharing a nice evening with them. And I made him experience a temporary consequence of sorts. So I feel better for the moment. There are a lot of good revenge suggestions in the comments, and I'll definitely have to think about the ones with less potential for harm if he does it again. Also just wanted to address a couple of things that kept coming up in the comments. People seem confused by the fact that my husband and I aren't living together yet. We had to get married in a rush before my visa expired. Not a visa marriage, we're very much in love and committed to each other. And I was made redundant right after the wedding, so we're waiting until I have a job before we start looking properly. We're looking forward to it, but our current arrangement is working fine for the moment. 
I hadn't really intended to reveal this much detail about my life, but people were making some unkind assumptions in the comments that I wanted to clear up. There are multiple reasons why we can't just kick this guy out that are too long for me to go into detail about on Reddit. As I mentioned, I'm planning on moving out as soon as I have stable employment, so I don't really want to invest too much energy in pushing for that to happen if I'm not staying there much longer. Honestly, I think this is one of the best forms of revenge. You just get to lay back and have good times with people you care about and have a nice meal. Just you enjoying that with the people you care about just kind of internally messes with that other person enough that it's pretty darn satisfying. Our next story is, you're not my doctor. Years ago, I used to work as a pharmacy tech for a major retail pharmacy. Occasionally, we'd have to deal with patients that also happen to be doctors who believe they deserve VIP status. These are the kind of people that think going to school for a long time means they should be held at a higher regard compared to others. This one particular doctor, we'll call him Dr. Smith, came in one day and while ringing him up, he balked at the price of the prescription. Typically, prescription copays were even dollar amounts, but this was not. Given that this was early in the year and the price was what it was, I posited that he should be seeing his insurance deductible being added into the copay price. This was a typical issue we would see at the start of every year because many people don't know how their insurance plans work. He insisted that it was not his deductible and the insurance must not have been billed. I showed him the confirmation of insurance billing and approval in the price breakdown. He wasn't having it. Cue the following dialogue. I'm sorry, Mr. Smith. If you want to call your insurance company to get more information, you can. But I can assure you the billing was performed correctly. That's Dr. Smith. You're not my doctor. A silence fell in the general vicinity. Pills stopped being counted. Bags stopped being packed. I didn't break eye contact. His wavered. I don't know how many times in his life he tried to pull that card on people in situations where being a doctor was completely irrelevant in order to assert some misguided sense of dominance, but he found out that day that it was all an illusion. He pulled out his credit card, paid, mumbled something unintelligible, and left, visibly embarrassed. 100% earned titles like this definitely are noteworthy, but they don't matter unless you're actually in a proper exchange with that person. And I don't mean at the pharmacy counter checking out. You would have to have a pretty high-ranking role and title in society to be able to assert your role and automatically have respect because of it. Some Joe Schmo saying, I'm a doctor at the checkout counter doesn't mean anything. Our next story is, you entered the wrong way, now you can't leave. Our church has a large U-shaped parking lot with only one entrance and exit. I always prefer to park towards the exit to avoid the log jam that inevitably occurs when services end. The caveat to this method is that the entrance to the church is close to the entrance of the parking lot, and we always have to wait for the elderly people to park in the handicapped spots, as well as general pedestrian traffic making their way to the church. Realistically, you just need to wait an extra two minutes to let everyone go by, and it's not that big of a deal to me to wait. Over the last few months, we've noticed a larger amount of cars entering the wrong way, so they can get first dibs on the spots closest to the exit and avoid the pedestrian foot traffic altogether. On more than one occasion, I've made my way to the spots near the exit, only to see another car headed my way going the wrong way. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. 
Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Direction. Nothing close to a head-on collision, but annoying nonetheless because there's not much room to maneuver around each other, hence the one-direction traffic flow. Yesterday, we get to church early enough where no one should be in a rush. We're greeted by an F-250 headed right at us, so I stopped where I was, let this guy back into his spot, and waited for him to get out. I got to the spot right next to him, told my wife and kids to get out because it's going to be a tight fit, and backed in, leaving this guy no room to open his door. He parked on his line too, which meant I could get really close. Church ends and he's standing by his truck because he can't leave. I started the car, pulled in front of him because my wife doesn't have room to open her door, get out to help my other kids strap into their seat, and this guy shoots a very annoyed look at me because he still can't leave. I gave him a big smile and a peace be with you brother. I'm looking forward to doing it again next week. Reading this story is a nightmare to me because I'm not gonna lie, I'm not the best at parking. I always get a nice twinge of anxiety when I have to pull into a tight spot. If I was driving a big fat F-250 truck, I know I would just be bad enough at parking that I'd have a revenge like this pulled against me. I'd be sitting there with my hands together bowing to him, peace be with you too brother, just forgive me for my parking job. Our next story is, Witch Wants Magazines? Well then she's going to get magazines. This happened roughly 20 years ago, and my brother, this is his and my favorite subreddit, told me this story belonged here as I've never told anyone this until recently. When I was 18, I worked part-time at a low-end car dealership as the front desk receptionist. So we got a lot of colorful customers, and unfortunately the occasional Karen complaining and raising heck about something ridiculous. Lucky for me, I was always the first person they came into contact with. So I would sometimes get an earful over something I had nothing to do with. Well, this particular broad, let's call her Betty, was a real peach. She was just incredibly entitled, angry and demanding, the drop everything for me type of customer. Well, Betty came into the dealership one evening. I worked the afternoon and early evening shift. I was reading a magazine and put it down as she was walking in to greet her. This was her fourth or fifth appearance and I knew crap was going to go south. Well, in typical Karen fashion, she asked to see the manager. I honestly do not remember what she was so over-the-top angry about. As I tuned her out and went back to reading my magazine, she was the only customer in the building at the time. It all happened so fast, but I hear her stomping in my direction as she's leaving. And before I knew it, she full-on snatched my magazine right out of my hands. Like a sad little kid who just got his toy taken away, I went, Hey, that's mine! Give it back! She then proceeds to say that, no, I will not give it back. Ask your manager to buy you a new one. 
I then asked her again to please give it back, and she shouted, No, it's mine now. What the actual heck, lady? Never had I been treated in such a way. My manager told me how sorry he was and that he would get me another magazine. I told him that wouldn't be necessary. Now, I was a straight-up goody-goody when I was a kid and teen, my whole life pretty much. I never did anything remotely bad for fear of getting into trouble, but Betty ignited something in me. When I got off of work, I went to my local grocery store, headed straight for the magazine aisle, and spent just over an hour opening each one and taking out the removable cards you fill out to subscribe to said magazine, and once done, brought them all home. I'm guessing I had close to a hundred of them. Now since I had access to the dealership's customer base, I had Betty's home address and phone number, which I made note of prior to going to the store. I spent another hour or two filling out each card with her name and address and was sure to check the bill me later box for a 12 month subscription on each. I got multiple magazines for every category you can think of. Fashion, pop culture, outdoors, LGBTQ, crafting, fitness, cooking, sports, guns and ammo, African American, Latino American, teeny bopper, traveling, auto racing, you name it, I got it. The next day, I dropped them all in one of those community USPS collection drop boxes that was on my way to work. Still to this day, I wonder what happened, as we never saw Betty after that. I was just hopeful that Betty got all the magazines she truly deserved. Honestly, this is a very advanced form of a classic form of revenge where you just sign somebody's like email up or you do get their address and you sign them up online for whatever you can possibly find. Opie went out of the way to make sure that this lady is going to get a lot of physical media and advertisement. Our next story is Revenge on Teacher. My brother had an English teacher in 11th grade that hated him to the point he dropped out of high school and did night classes for his GED. He went on to own a construction company and the second largest custom cabinet shop in Virginia. A few years ago, he saw the car she drove while teaching at a 7-Eleven and realized she was inside the store. He pulled his diesel pickup into the spot next to her, leaving about three inches between them. Her car was filled as though she was a hoarder, leaving no way for her to climb in the passenger side. He went in and got lunch, and when she came out and asked him to move, he told her nope. He sat there for 45 minutes while she got madder and madder. At least like she had the decency to wait for them to come outside. When your car is packed to the point where you literally cannot get in the passenger door, you can't really complain all that much when there's somebody parked up right next to you and you can't get in your car. Our next story is how my father dealt with a rude spectator at his magic show. This story came up while my dad was sharing an anecdote with me, and I honestly think it's one of the funniest stories of petty revenge he has ever told me. Anyway, my dad has this hobby of doing close-up magic. He knows plenty of tricks with coins, cards, and especially rope. The story dates back to the early 80s when he was performing for a party. The show was going without a hitch as he performed some of his best tricks. By the way, when I say close-up, I mean within arm's length. The spectators were all gathered around my dad, observing the items in his hands, and, as I would imagine, gasping in awe when the trick is in action. The trouble started while he was doing some tricks involving coins. While everyone else was focused on him, this one guest seemed to be doing everything to be a genuine jerk. Drink in hand, he was heckling at my dad, and while he, my dad, doesn't recall exactly what he, the guy, was saying, 
My dad does recall that it was loud enough to overpower my dad's own words. Furthermore, this guy was most likely aware that people were trying to pay attention and didn't care in the slightest. Thankfully, my dad came up with an idea to shut him up for the rest of the show. He finished the trick he was currently on and switched over to some rope tricks. He started with one of his favorites, where he physically takes a knot off of a piece of rope and holds it in his hand before putting it back onto the rope. So he did his best to ignore the annoying heckler to concentrate on his sleight of hand and successfully separated the knot from the rope. However, instead of putting it back onto the rope, he leans over and just drops the thing into the heckler's drink. The situation was hilarious for everyone else at the party. After all, nobody would rather listen to someone heckling instead of someone doing cool magic tricks. Safe to say that the guy was rather irritated, but presumably after getting a new drink, he was quiet for the rest of the show. My dad's plan had worked. He had successfully dealt with an annoying person in one of the best ways possible, through humiliation. It is undoubtedly one of the funniest stories he had ever told me, and I just thought it would be worth sharing. I just hope for OP's dad that that rope knot wasn't like a prop that they needed back. Surely it had to be pretty disposable if they were willing to drop it in the guy's drink. Although it would be pretty funny, it would be pretty tragic for him to go and do that and then after the fact be like, Hey, also, can I have the knot back? This next story is petty response to a six-person pro-life protest. I have five male and one female protesters that want to shut down our main pharmaceutical stores since they won't ban Plan B or Plan C. They're there every Sunday. Today, I had enough. I parked as close as I could by their stupid protest and kept on my car alarm. I went in and gave the pharmacy money I didn't need to spend. They left and about 20 or 15 minutes later and I collected their pro-life sign illegally posted on an easement. I know I shouldn't have flipped them off. I know this was petty and in poor taste, but it helped me feel a bit better about not putting up with BS and I can't do this at the courthouse. I'm fed up. See, what I don't really understand is this isn't even the place to properly protest that kind of thing. Like if these people genuinely don't believe that you should be able to have access to those kinds of things, they gotta go talk to the people who put the laws in place. Doing this standing outside a CVS isn't gonna do anything. This next story is, one petty comment to an old bully started a domino effect that affected her business. This is really petty and not recent at all. But considering I'm not in the area anymore and time has passed, I thought I'd share it. I was badly bullied in secondary school. I was a chubby kid and the target of a lot of bullying for the year I was at this particular school, especially from one girl I'll call Laura. She was beyond cruel. I won't go into detail, but she and her friends made my life heck, and I ended up suffering a nervous breakdown and having to leave that school. A few years ago or so, I saw an ad for a beauty salon that was having a sale on nail treatments. I went onto the website and saw Laura's face on the frontage. I instantly felt my stomach drop, having not seen her for years, and decided that I was going to get some petty revenge. I made a second email with a generic fake name, Sarah, and left a review. I said something along the lines that Laura was unprofessional, the nails were awful, and I wouldn't recommend this place to a friend. I was a lot younger then and knew it felt petty because it was, but I didn't care. It mostly felt good. I thought nothing more of it until a few days later, a post from someone called Sarah came up on our local Facebook page. 
Turns out that Sarah was an ex-employee of Laura's, who had not been treated well, no surprise, and had been accused of leaving the review as I had unknowingly used the same name. I guess this was the tipping point for Sarah, and her post was a list of Laura's wrongdoings. The abuse she had received working under her, the training and insurance the salon didn't have, and staff not being paid properly. I honestly can't remember it all, there was a lot in there. My eyes were wide reading it. She aired everything out and it must have taken a lot of courage. I felt terrible for Sarah, but she didn't seem to care about the review more wanted to get all this off her chest. I was anxious about the comments, but it turns out a lot of people had been treated badly by Laura over the years, and it became a story session of people airing their grievances. There were some comments that said they liked the beauty treatments they received, but it was mostly negative. Admin of the group removed the post, but it had already been seen by a lot of people at that point, and the damage had been done. Laura made her socials private and never publicly addressed anything that I saw. I know it's all silly and not particularly thrilling, her business didn't close, but it now has a negative reputation with some, and if you ask locals for a good place to go, they tend to point you in the direction of the beauty salon in the next village over, and that's a little bit of petty revenge for me. Honestly, I think some of the best revenges are the ones where you do something light and petty, and you unknowingly were that one little last tap you needed on the last support beam to make the whole place just crumble. You gave it just that one little tap and immediately walked right out of the place, and you had enough time to get outside, turn around, and watch it just go poof, all to the ground. Our next story is, Neighbors Complaint to the City Backfires. We have a next door neighbor who does not like us, for no apparent reason. This is a vacation home for them and we've never said a single word to or interacted with them ever. They seem to think we live in an HOA, which we don't, and call the city code enforcement on us over their perceived shortcoming in our lifestyle. We let our yard pretty much grow wild, whereas theirs is meticulously landscaped and professionally tended. We have six-foot walls between houses, so they can't see much of anything in our yard without trying such as climbing a ladder to take pictures to send the city to lodge a complaint. The city investigates, finds nothing wrong, and closes the complaint. The last complaint happened a few months ago when we were doing some legally permitted construction. The neighbor calls the city, they come out and find no issues. Apparently he was upset with this outcome and he made more complaints, of which only one was valid. He complained about our vehicle parked on the street not having a current registration sticker. Parking enforcement came out and put a sticker telling me to fix the problem or move it within three days. Apparently my current license plate sticker had been scraped off. While out front, I noticed my neighbor's new motorhome parked in front of his house. It's illegal in the city to park a motorhome on the street. Normally I couldn't care less about it, but this seemed like an opportunity I couldn't pass up. I asked the parking guy, what about that thing? He said there was no complaint about it, so I said, I am complaining. I watched as he took pictures and wrote out the parking ticket and tow order. I then watched as, about an hour later, the tow truck eagerly hooked it up and whisked it away to their impound lot. I think this honestly just all around sucks. I feel like you should just have some harmony, and unless the neighbor is actually causing harm, don't go and get in some like code enforcement petty thing cause it's just gonna go back and forth. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today.
Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.